Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Horrible, a weekly podcast where OG millennials have honest and candid conversations about dating, sex, yes, butt stuff, relationships, entanglements, and everything in between. Starring your host, Scarlett Prynne. Pull those anal beads out slowly. This is not a lawnmower. You don't want to hit a snag. (laughs) And featuring guests, Vinny Vegas. Foreplay is a must, gentlemen. A pussy needs to be warmed up before it takes a beating. (laughs) Athena Ludus. Going without deck is like being in a desert surrounded by water and you refuse to drink. Lolita Rum. It hasn't been anything this big in front of my mouth in a while. (laughs) And occasionally emerging from behind the scenes, the producer, Spider. Kinky is using a feather. Perverted is using the whole damn bird. (laughs) So it's the end of an era, guys. I am turning over control of this podcast to chase of all people who would have thought (laughs) I still will be involved at least for a while, but guys, this is fucking expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It's costing me a fortune. And as much as I've loved it and it's been my passion baby for a long time, I am needing some help with it. And there's a lot that goes into my decision to turn over the control of this, which as we get into the topic we're going to talk about today, I'll be explaining more of my reasoning behind why I think this is a good move for me right now. So I don't know what's going to happen next, because this is the last episode that Scarlett has control over. And (laughs) Chase asked me if he should be here for it. And I was like, no. This is my final episode. This is my baby. Give me this last one. Let me go out with a bang. Not (laughs) that I'm going out, but going out as control of the one and only host. So here we are. So for the listeners, there's been no interruption, right? This episode will release the week after the last one that was recorded. For us here in the studio, it has been quite a while. I don't think I've been in the studio for maybe two months now. So there's been quite a gap. How much, those of you who are in the room, how much different am I today since the last time that I was in the studio two months ago? Well, ever-evolving Scarlett. <laughs> yes. Lolita, go She's ahead. in her discovery again. <laughs> I've seen a few of these. But out of all of them. This one I like oh, <laughs> the most. Okay, yeah. you like this one the most. Yeah, you kind of lost me with the swinging and the poly and all that. <laughs> I feel like we're back in tune again. <laughs> I love your journey of rediscovery and always evolving. It's great. Yeah, I admire that. So, Vinny, as someone that's been dating me for the last two months, mm-hmm. have you seen a change? Yes, you are more into your feminine energy. You're taking on leadership of mine and devotion. You're still masculine. We still have those dragons <laughs> and uh, stuff that comes out. That well, changes we have don't to... happen over two months. She whips right. that dick out every now and then. <laughs> so we need to dive more into that because we haven't even explained to the audience any of the context for that. But I'm just saying you've released the reins. You Softer. Yes, much softer. Them. Right. So you're able to take direction saying, 
I'm going to pick you up at eight o'clock. We're going to have reservations. You're more accepting of that. You're saying you are doing that, not me, right? Right. So did I kind of introduce you to this? So Athena originally is the one that introduced me to Zach Rohde is his name. (laughs) And I was familiar with the idea of polarity in general. But I've quickly come to realize that the whole spectrum of polarity is a wide spectrum. And there's a lot of different sects within that overlying umbrella. And even just like with any religion or anything else, not everyone agrees on what constitutes polarity. And I would say Zach Rohde, he's on the conservative end of this spectrum. Mm -hmm. Polarity, the whole idea behind it, and we touched on it a little bit in our Tantra speed dating episode is masculine and feminine energy creating polarity. Now, some people that buy into this idea believe that either the man or the woman can serve as masculine or feminine, that you just choose which one best fits you. And that's the role you assume. Zach Rohde is very, I would say, dogmatic on saying that he believes it's genetic. A man is masculine, a woman is feminine. That is their true nature, their true biological nature. No ifs, ands, or buts. That if they are acting outside of that, it is a defense mechanism because of trauma or what have you. That whatever wound or trauma in their past has caused them to step out of their natural biology. That's where he stands. So I would say because of that, he is on the conservative end of these polarity topics. I want to just replace the word biology with instincts because what he's talking about is masculine instinct and feminine instinct, which is different than biology. Okay. So, but whatever you want to call it, but you know, he's basically saying now we have to be mindful. He's basically saying you're born that way. This is how you're genetically made. Right. And that if you're in touch with your instincts and your instincts are online, there's certain behaviors that are just instinctual that come natural to whether you're a man or a woman. And he speaks about how using that form of communication, because polarity really is about how we communicate with each other. And if we're using this form of communication, it is the most effective way to have a healthy dynamic and a healthy relationship. Communication is one aspect of it. Uh And I will say, when I first started following him, when Athena first mentioned him to me, he was very triggering, Mm -hmm. which I will say (laughs) he is a social marketing genius. Because he will post stuff on social media that is intentionally triggering. Very provocative. That very provocative and out of context, it looks insane. That's right. And especially for me as admittedly a masculinized woman. And if anyone's listened to this podcast for very long, you know that about me, right? right. I've got a big dick. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about energy. You got that big dick energy. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so when I first started following his stuff, I was like, what the fuck? Who the hell is this guy? And I would start commenting. And then I realized I'm playing his game. This is exactly what he wants. I was engaging, right? right. I'm helping his numbers. (laughs) I'm helping his algorithm, right? He's a genius. But I will say this. One thing that he was doing was causing me to be provoked in thought. It was thought provoking. Mm -hmm. And anything that causes me to start thinking about things from a different perspective will intrigue me. And that's what ultimately started me on this journey of experimentation. Because I'm like, all right, let's just see. Let's see if this treads. Because if what he is saying is true, is true, then I should be able to witness it. 
And so I started, even in my masculine energy, just changing my tone, changing the way I was approaching men in general, and saw drastically different responses from people. That's right. I was amazed at the results of this and (laughs) almost immediately realized this guy is actually onto something. I can talk about through this episode some of the experiments that I've done with different men in business, with Mr. Vegas over here, even with women, with, um, with all these different scenarios that husband. have arise, all these different scenarios that have arisen where I've experimented with this and how different it is. But to your point about the communication, communication is only a small piece of it, I would say. Okay. Yes, communication is huge, but Vegas and I can talk about this some. It's really a palpable energetic force that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And one thing that clued me into that is whenever Zach started talking about how when women are in masculine energy, their voice goes lower. Like there's an actual physiological response to it. Yeah. Some people have even said that PCOS, which is when women struggle with fibroids. No, it's polyovarian. PCOS, whatever. Yeah. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Right. And you put on weight, you get facial hair, you have all these challenges, hormonal imbalances. A lot of that comes from what they've said is the wounding of a feminine or a woman being wounded in some way and having to take on these masculine traits and masculine roles that just absolutely exhaust and deplete her systems. And I know there's a lot of controversy about believing, you know, women could do whatever they want. You know, we shouldn't be restricted to whether we're a woman or not, we should be able to be bricklayers and do whatever we want. And that's fine. We can and we should. And there's no laws against that. But if a woman is truly in touch with what she's feeling rather than what she's thinking, she'll start to see if you're in touch with what you're feeling, you start to navigate towards what's best for you and what brings you joy and what makes you happy versus what you think you have to do. And so you find a lot of women nowadays who are very masculine because we've been told, get a career work, do what you have to do. If you end up a single parent, you have to go, you have to grind, you have to do what you have to do. And we just have no choice. I'm a single independent woman and I have to do everything for myself. And it's exhausting. But if I really was honest with myself and I said, well, you know what? I'm really not happy. I really am tired. I don't want to have to do this. I hate doing anything with my car. I hate it. I don't care if that's a cliche. And I've had to do it, you know, change my headlights and do all this shit. I hate it. But I have no choice because I'm alone. So it's like, well, okay, I have no choice but to be masculinized. But at the same time, if I'm aware of it, start to shift. I would say that that's a piece of it. But feminine Mm -hmm. energy, and I'm reading this really good book right now called Flowers and Honey. It's about feminine energy specifically. Oh, beautiful. This author takes the stance that either the man or the woman can take the feminine role. But she's talking about feminine energy in general and talking about how we as feminines tend to set boundaries around our pleasure or anything that we want to do, right? So we might say, okay, I will take a nap, but only after I do X, Y, Z, or I will do, you know, something I enjoy doing. I'll go get a massage, but only after I spend time with the kids. You have to earn it. Right. We always have to have parameters around it to make sure that 
such and such is taken care of, or this person is taken care of, or whatever, right? There's always parameters. And she was asking all these questions. In fact, I meant to bring the book because I wanted to read this section where she was just like, when was the last time when you were tired, you let yourself sleep as long as you (laughs) wanted to sleep, when you wanted to sleep? When was the last time when you felt like going outside to the park and just enjoying nature that you just went and enjoyed nature, right? Without parameters, you know, without having all this. Well, let me, exactly. So that really got me thinking like, oh, that's so true because I do exactly that. And so feminine energy is really about getting in touch with our feelings. A, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, instead of what we think, getting in touch with what we feel, which is very different. Right. Well, the man takes on the thinking part. The woman takes on the feeling part is what the I masculine energy is, is the, the thinking, thinking and, and the, the women judgment. is the correct. Yes. And, then, and even biologically, we are meant to receive the man, even physically, we open our legs to receive it. <clears throat> yeah. So when you even think about it like that, we are receiving a man constantly. I want to just put one little caveat here, because one thing that's really important for everyone to understand But we're talking about this feminine masculine dynamic where the man is the thinker, the woman is the receiver. It's in the parameters of a devoted, loving relationship with safety in a place where you're safe. You have trust. You've built that relationship. We're not talking about going to the local crazy person in a bar in a corner or strung out on something and saying, you think for me, I will submit to you. No. It's all about women being protected and feeling safe and therefore being allowed to step back from these inundating responsibilities so that we can connect with our feelings and see what we need and take care of ourselves. That's really important on that. And Zach Rohde wrote a book. I think it's called Worthy Woman. Yeah. He's talking about how, yes, the woman is the receiver. The feminine is the receiver. The masculine is the giver. He talks about how, yes, There's a submission aspect to that, but it has to come with Mm self-worth. And the self-worth aspect is never diminishing or gaslighting or ignoring your feelings. So if a man in his masculine energy is asking you to do something that you feel in your heart in some way is taking advantage of you, is in some way causing you anxiety. You are not gaslighting yourself. You are not ignoring it. You're not people pleasing. But in your self-worth, you're saying to do that would cause me anxiety. To do that would be against my values. To do that, whatever it is, that you're speaking up in your feminine self-worth. Otherwise, it's just compliance. It's a doormat. Right. Right. And he speaks against that all of the time. And one of the really important things is being able to express yourself vulnerably to your partner. So very often, Men and women could do this, where we're in a relationship, we're in a situation. Okay, sure. And we just go along with it, but we're not sharing what we're feeling. So that's really important. But I wanted to touch really quickly on the biggest aspect for me that was really impactful for me when I first started. You were able to experiment with men. Not so much me, because I'm not exactly in the (laughs) dating world. I stumbled upon this group on Facebook and I didn't even know what it was, but I kept thinking, what is this thing? I keep hearing these things about feminine energy. What is this? I'm not feminine. I don't know anything about that. I think it's stupid, but I don't know. There was something about it that was like, well, check it out. I was really turned off by the name, but I was like, let me check it out. So I joined this group and I don't know, I was in it for a couple of months and I would occasionally see a post and I would see some of the things they said. And it immediately, like you said, very triggering, 
very ridiculous things like just because they're a man, they should be respected. What? And I would start my typing, you know, my response. <laughs> How do you think you? And then I would be like, wait, OK, we know that that's a crazy idea. I know that's crazy. But why are they believing it? Why are they saying something so insane? Let me listen. Let me open my heart and see what this is about. And what I started to see was the dynamic between the feminine and the masculine. And the masculine, one of the things that, oh, there's so many different points and I'm trying to like stay tracked. But one thing that was very impactful for me was women as kids, we're taught, men are taught, boys are taught as kids, protect the girl next to you. Don't ever hit them. If you see someone hitting them or another man hitting them, jump, jump in, get involved, help them, protect them. That is ingrained in every man and every woman. To the point where if we see that happening to someone, we know that is wrong and we get involved, hopefully, right? Women are never taught that the same need we have for protection, men have for respect. And we're never taught, be careful how you talk to a man. Be careful how you speak and how you treat them and how you judge them. That is as destructive to a man as a woman would be getting hit or punched in the face by a man. And it's never talked about. And it's so sad because we don't realize that. And in, well, I mean, we don't realize how our communication, even in subtle ways, portrays disrespect. And what I love right, about Zach Rohde is Zach Rohde is so in touch with the energy aspect of this, because when he started out in this, he was big into if we call it spiritualism and like mm -hmm. energy, you know, which I've gotten into lately. I've talked about if anybody's listened to my bonus episodes recently where the I've talked about and, the breathing mm -hmm. event. I think the universe or God or whoever laid that foundation for me before diving into this polarity stuff so that I could understand like Zach did that there actually is an energy aspect to this, that whenever we are disrespecting a man there is an energetic force behind it that is causing this man to close himself Almost off. Almost retreat and repel. Because it's a masculine energy, an actual penetrative energy that they are now protecting themselves against. Kind of like an alpha to alpha situation. Right. Now they're responding as a, basically a battle of the... What Ego. Do you call it? Okay. Yeah, the egos yeah. or the wills or energy. Or whatever. Battle of the energy. So... I'm glad I had that energetic foundation to where now I'm more sensitive to energy in general. And so was Zach. And so because he had that foundation and he was big into that, like self-improvement and working on his energy and all of that prior to being introduced to polarity, when he introduced this to his wife and they started working through this, they bought into the concept and then they're starting to practice it. And he started paying close attention to his energy and his feelings when his wife would interact with him. And he would start asking himself like, okay, you know, my wife is saying something respectfully now, but I'm not feeling devotion to her. Why? He would start asking those type of questions. Very in touch with what he was feeling. Very in touch with the actual instinct inside of him. Yeah. And he realized there were certain things his wife would do or say that would cause him to feel devoted to her, that caused him to want to serve her, mm -hmm. protect her, to guide her. And then there were certain things she would do and say that would have the opposite effect, right. where he would actually start tuning out. He would be uninterested. Repelled. He would be repelled by it. Mm -hmm. And so he started paying attention to these subtleties and her and him were experimenting. I mean, he sounds a lot like me in that way. Like they would start experimenting. Well, what about if you 
say this or do this or, you know, all of these different things that they were experimenting with. And by trial and error, he came up with this system that he now charges thousands of dollars to other people to sell, basically (laughs) to teach. Here is how to have feminine and masculine communication so that as a woman, you're communicating to the man respect. And it's so much more than just words to say. It's also maintaining a level of openness, vulnerability, sharing your feelings, Mm -hmm. smiling, gratitude. And every man that I've talked to about this, I'm like, okay, if you have a woman who smiles, who is grateful for everything you do and provide, you know, thank you so much for that. I am blessed by this action, whatever it is, right? That you actually see that it's moving the needle in her life and that she appreciates what you're doing. Every man that I've posed that question to has been like, yes, yes. And that's exactly what Zach talks about Mm -hmm. in his books is when he started serving his wife and trying to meet her needs and anticipate her needs. At first, he was like, I am running myself ragged trying to serve her and I just feel burnt out. At first, that was his feeling. And he was trying to troubleshoot why he wasn't feeling devotional to her. And then one day he saw her with their son or daughter. I can't remember their baby. He saw her with the baby and her face was all lit up and she was smiling and she was gushing over the baby. And he realized in that instance, that is what I need. And he told her, he said, I want to serve you. I want to anticipate your needs. I want to do all of those things, but I need to know that it moves the needle for you. I need some of that that you're giving to our baby. I need to know that you're pleased with me and that you're pleased with what I'm doing and that you appreciate it. Mm. And so he talks about how that changed everything for him. When she started communicating to him that I actually appreciate you, I value what you're doing, what you're doing is saving me so much time, effort, energy, all these things, right? She started communicating those things to him and that changed everything. Just that changed his feeling about doing those things. So it's so much more than just a form of communication. Right, right. It's so many things and it's hard to condense it all into one (laughs) episode. (laughs) So let's hear from the masculine here. We have been practicing a lot of these things together. We have. Obviously, I'm taking a very masculine role here as the lead and the host here. But (laughs) allow me to pass the baton to you to talk about, since you were introduced to this after I was, and Mm. I was all in buying into this, telling you what I was trying to do. Will you talk about like your journey through this? And is it safe to say you've bought into it? I have. Okay. Before I met Miss Scarlett, I would classify myself as a people pleaser, someone that would basically simp because I never really felt love growing up or had many girlfriends or relationships. Of course, Hollywood, if you give her this or, you know, if you're able to, I guess I bought into those storylines that they pitched. I thought, okay, that's how it's going to work out in real life. and. Like, do whatever you can to keep her happy. Right. If you keep her happy, happy wife, happy life. I got into the submitting to a woman like I didn't want to do anything wrong or I didn't have the confidence or the assurance saying, no, this is wrong. Or, you know, I just can't do that. I can't buy this for you because it's going to 
affect me in my situation. May I insert something here just as a little bit of a clarification mm-hmm. about masculine energy? Zach talks about self-worth on the masculine side, too, just like right. he talks about it on the feminine side and how if a man does not have the self-worth, it is very difficult for him to step up as a leader to basically assert himself in the way of saying that is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Please reword that in a way that's respectful. It would be very difficult for a man to do that if he does not have self-worth. Right. And have you found that to be the case? Yes, because when you don't have confidence or if you don't think you're worthy, how can you step up as a leader or someone that you can be followed? So when I've devoted to waking up each day, breathing, manifesting what I want to do, and I'm more productive, I am able to come across more assertive, I'm getting more shit done and improving my life. And because I'm improving my life, I am able to be present and I think I'm making everybody else around me better. Originally, when you were turned on to this by Scarlett, speaking of how you simp and how you want to please, was part of you learning it to please her, kind of to keep her, to follow her, being that you just mentioned that that's what you used to do? Yeah, I wanted to get my hooks in. I just wanted to still... There's something about her that I just needed. So originally you're like, okay, I'm going to keep her like this. Let me get involved too and see what this is all about. And then that changed you as you got to learn it. Absolutely. It seemed result bases and just Mm -hmm. how things have changed in my life. I mean. What would you say? Was it a moment or a time period in which it shifted from doing it to appease versus, hey, there's really something to this. I'm buying into this now. What was it that caused that shift for you? After we've had many discussions, arguments, or when we say we have these dragons that come out. (laughs) Scarlet tantrums? No. (laughs) (laughs) I know those. (laughs) Okay. So after we were able to talk and, you know, just, yes, I said what my feelings were just so we could sort of work on what I'm lacking, how I can learn from it, and then moving forward, you know, I mean, we still have our moments, but I don't think I'm able to tap into my masculine a lot easier now than when I first was dating. But what were some of the tips that you took? What really changed when you finally held on to this and you said, okay, see how this is working for me now? What was it? Like what particular method? So I really took on the breathing. I haven't done the breathing event yet. I'm going out to San Francisco and L.A. to do the breathing event as well. But there is some calming, just putting on aromatherapy or candles and just taking time to slow things down, breathe, manifest what you want to achieve for that week, that day, that hour, and being more assertive. I know in my workplace, being bartender, not everything can go to plan or when a shift ends or whatever. But if I am a sort of saying, hey, I need this done, I'm going to be gone. You know, my management and everybody else is, they've followed my directive a lot easier. So I'm not caught up. Oh, well, someone didn't show up an hour after they were supposed to. I was like, well, I have plans. I need to be out. I am gone. This is 
So you're applying this in other areas, not just in your relationship. No, this is a life. So are you seeing in even other places where you're starting to command respect where you didn't have it before? Right. You were people pleasing. People pleasing or, you know, oh, well, I guess I can't leave you high and dry or whatever. I think this is really important what you're saying, which it's not just we sit down and start to speak a certain way and change the way we interact with someone. It really is about, like you said, if it's, you know, masculine and feminine, we step out of our natural instincts because of wounds, because of life challenges, situations. So what do we do? This is actually kind of a call to get back into healing and getting into the place that we want to be so that we can be authentically instinctual, right? So it's not just, oh, okay, he's going to say the right words to be able to lead you. He's actually doing the things day to day that are going to make him feel like he's more assertive. He can take care of, he can handle situations so that when he does give a directive, he trusts himself in what he's saying he needs. And then he knows you can trust him and you know, you can trust him. It's a deep personal work, both in the masculine and in the feminine. Mm -hmm. Well, and now I can feel when he shifts. Can you feel now when I shift like in a tangible way? Yeah, we've actually had several occurrences where we're miles apart and we can just feel each other's energy or that part of it has been very interesting where now it's even in long distances, but I'll never forget the first time I noticed that it's no secret on this podcast that Vinny has amazing fingering (laughs) skills and I've coached him to a degree on how I like to be fingered. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the time that I felt the difference in your energy whenever you were fingering me? I don't know if you remember this, but He's fingering me the way I had coached him to do, which is very good. But now that I'm on the track of understanding this receiving energy versus giving energy, the receiving Mm -hmm. energy being the feminine energy, Mm -hmm. I'm realizing how much of my sexual hangups are because I'm in my masculine energy. And the masculine energy is the penetrating energy, the giving energy. It's the organizing energy, the outcome-based energy. And when I'm in that mindset during sex, it creates a lot of hangups. And so when I'm successfully able to shift into the receiving energy, I realize how much of the hangups that I've been having go away. And so... I was actively seeking, Uh in the session that we were in, I was actively trying to shift into that feminine energy and receiving energy, right? So I'm tapping into that, but I'll never forget feeling Vinny's energy shift. It was actually a palpable shift to where I felt it. I felt he had shifted into a masculine energy and all of a sudden he starts doing different things with his fingers I think completely new, at least new to me. And it was not something I had coached him to do. And I think that Mm -hmm. was perhaps the difference was you switched from doing something I had directed you to do versus something you wanted to do. Right. How'd that feel? It felt amazing. I was able to stay in that receiving energy so much easier mm-hmm. with him being in his masculine energy. Right. And, and she s- couldn't walk for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sounds like you had a good time. So <laughs> then we had the day that you were in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm like half conscious in bed, kind of in and out of sleep, kind of in that midway zone. And all of a sudden I felt the shift in energy and he's in the bathroom in the shower. 
And I thought to myself, I mean, it feels like a palpable shift in energy, but it's also attraction, like wet pussy moment is what I call it. Mm-hmm. WPM for short. So I will ask him, I'll remember like, okay, WPM at 440, what went on? And he'll tell me like, it's sometimes just stuff at work where he's talking to his manager about whatever, like leaving early or whatever. I will have an actual feeling of attraction, like wet pussy moment when he shifts into that energy. And so the first time it happened, he was in the shower and I'm in bed half asleep. And I remember as soon as he came out, I was like, what happened in there? And he was like, I was using that time. I do to... my best thinking in the shower. You took a nice <laughs> half hour shower and just. To shift into your masculine energy. Right. So that was kind of whenever we first started becoming aware of it. But mm. now it even happens when you're in a completely different location. It's very fascinating. There's something to it. And I've realized how much my attraction is linked to him being in that masculine energy. Can I speak about the receiving? Because this is like a pivotal thing for me. See, that's what I was saying before. You were able to test with men and how you handled them. I was able to test regarding receiving. So I've never been able to receive. I don't do well receiving. If a friend bought me a bottle of water, I'd be trying to give them a dollar back. I just did not know how to receive. And there's things that happened in my childhood and whatever. We can go back to all of that. Great. But the fact is I could not receive. And what I realized is in this group, as I started to really read and understand and start to receive some of the things that people were saying and I was opening to it, I was stuck with, well, okay, great. All these couples have a great way to talk to each other and communicate and be in their energies and heal and all of this. Where does that leave me, a single woman with a business running everything in my own life? How could I possibly implement any of this? And I remember somebody else had happened to ask this question in the group. And a woman said, what I started to do was just be open to receiving anything that came my way, whether it was from God, the universe, people around me, strangers. So she said, example, a man holding a door open for me as I walk through to the supermarket, a smile, a greeting, whatever it is from anyone, practice just saying, thank you. Just smile back. Be open to just receiving whatever comes your way. And I thought, well, damn, I'm screwed because (laughs) I have, I do not know how to do that without feeling guilty. Like I have to give something back. Like I'm not worthy of that. Right. There's the the self-worth issue. Exactly. And so I said, well, I'm going to try that out. I'm just going to test this out. I ended up, it's kind of a long story. I don't want to get into all the details, but I ended up in a situation going to a networking meeting, which kind of fell through, ended up somewhere else. It was like a career counseling kind of place that I was going to. And I thought it was a networking event. But it was these two older men. And I thought, oh, God, I'm here by myself with these two older men, nobody to network with. And I'm trying to find a job. I was on the cusp of deciding whether I would stop my business or get a job. And here I was with these two strange men. I'm like, okay, so let me just go through the motions, explain what I'm here for, what I'm looking for. And they started to give me really good advice. And I remember sitting there thinking, receive, just receive what's going on here. One of the gentlemen was connecting me with a bunch of these different networking groups. The other guy was telling me about career strengths assessment, Clifton strengths assessment, which I had never heard of. And he was just giving me all this knowledge about how the strengths that we have that are innate to us and our personality types are the things that we should look at when we're deciding career choices. So you should go do this test. Here's a free code. Here's a free book. Do this. The other guy's giving me another book, giving me networking. And I'm just, okay, receive free book. 
I'm supposed to just take a free book from these strangers. I'm like, okay, just receive, just receive. And so I'm just receiving. And then one of the men said, well, your strengths show up in even how you grieve and how you handle your relationships. And he didn't know. I had just lost my dad about six weeks before. And what ended up happening, he started sharing how he lost his son when his son was 18 years old on the way to college. Really, really profound and impactful. And I started to get very emotional. And I'm like, I do not cry. I do not cry in front of strangers. I do not cry in professional situations. This is not me. But there was something about just being receiving and being honest. And so in that moment, I was able to receive their comfort, their wisdom, their books, their knowledge, their guidance, their leadership. And then they prayed for me and I was able to receive that. And I was like, wait a minute. If I didn't know that I should start receiving, I would have blocked all of this from happening for me. I would have completely blocked it. And that was a pivotal day because that's when he took me to a networking event after that, who led me to another networking group, which I'm still into this day. But basically, I met everybody I needed to, to start my business and get this thing going. And it happened very quickly. It's amazing how when you're open to it, I'm sure you've seen this as well, but me being open to receiving, which was also very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I bought into this as an idea as I experimented and saw how successful it was. But mm-hmm. it was very difficult for me also just to receive with not feeling like I owed somebody right. something. Right. Or like you said, not feeling worthy of it. Right. That was difficult. Mm-hmm. But I was committed to trying this. And there was one particular story that stands out to me on this. One of my best friends in the world mm-hmm. and him and I are in business together So we're together a lot. And he has been also buying into this because he's also been doing his own experimenting with his fiance and they've been kind of diving into this too. And he's seen a lot of success. So thank God for him, because even on the business aspect of things, he has told me he knows what I'm trying to do. And he's also trying to do it. He has told me, listen, I will take on that masculine energy role in the business because I specifically have told him I need to find ways to get out of my masculine energy and into the feminine. And so he's been fully supportive of that. Thank God. But there's been meetings that we had an agenda of stuff we needed to talk about. And then I end up talking about my feelings the whole time. (laughs) And then afterward, and that is a gift. And then afterward, I'll be like, we did not talk about anything that we were supposed to talk about. And I'll never forget him telling me with that penetrating masculine energy. He said, no. When I see that come out in you, we are staying right there. I love it. I'll never forget him saying that to me. I love it. And he said, you change. When you get into that feminine energy, he said, you change. And he it said, inspires him and the other absolutely. men around you to be and I'll in that never devotional forget role. That. And I'll never forget that day in particular. Like he drew out so much out of me. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of revelations that day because, I mean, as women, that's how we process. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of stuff that he was drawing out of me. This is Zach's program too. Like the man leading a woman to her feelings and drawing those out of her. Because he talks about where a woman is judgmental, she's not leaving room for her feelings. We judge as a defense mechanism. And so he talks a lot about that. It is not by any means natural for me yet. I hope one day it will be. But That day in particular, like I had sat there crying with him for probably two or three hours. And I remember getting up to go to the restroom and I had remembered they had brought this beautiful dessert to us that we had ordered earlier. And 
it was gorgeous. Like they had clearly taken some major time and effort to plate it beautifully. And we had eaten there many times before and they had never done that. The same dessert because I love this lemon dessert they have there. And I'm like, okay, somebody really took the time to just make it beautiful. And so me being in my feminine energy for once, (laughs) I was like, I'm going to express appreciation for that because that is beautiful. And so I asked them who plated it and they pointed the guy out to me and I went up with a smile and I said, I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate the way you plated that beautiful plate. That just made my day, right? Which this, I was truly in my feminine in that Mm -hmm. moment, like smiling, expressing how I felt, how it brightened my day, just being open and vulnerable about what it did for me. And he lit up and immediately, (laughs) I kid you not, that's all I said, right? I didn't ask him anything else. I wasn't asking for anything from him. He lit up and immediately was like, let me get you another dessert. Try this one too. He immediately wanted to give me something. And so that in that moment was like a tangible example of how when we're truly in our feminine, we can inspire that devotion and that giving from a man that he is instinctively wanting to do. And that was such a beautiful example of that, where immediately his instinct was to provide something to me, to give something to me. And that's exactly what Zach talks about. He's saying a woman that is in her feminine, open, vulnerable, grateful energy, radiant energy, a man can't help but to want to protect and provide and give. That's right. So that's the way it's supposed to look. And a woman has to be connected to her feelings. And this is the challenge. When we're in our masculine, when we're going and doing and thinking and judging, we completely disconnect from what we're really experiencing and feeling. And therefore, we don't know what's going on in our heart. We don't know what we need because we're too busy judging, doing, criticizing, whatever. But it's definitely interesting, though, because I think I started off in my feminine, even in my early relationships. It wasn't until I took on the single mom role where Mm -hmm. I had to step up. Because even what you said about the voice, the girls always know when I'm talking to a man on the phone because they say your voice changes. (laughs) They always know. And they always knew. For years, the girls would say that. You're talking to a man, your voice always changes. Right. And I didn't realize that originally looking back at my relationships, because when we spoke about it, I was like, I think I've always been attracted to this. I just didn't realize what it was. Mm And then I was following like Jordan Peterson and Tay mm-hmm. and Pearly, and I loved them. Everything they said, I was like, oh, this is spot on. But I didn't realize that's what I was seeking. But I, looking back, I was feminine in watching my grandpa open the door for my grandma and hold her hand when they would walk and hold her by the arm and bring her flowers just to see her smile. I loved those things, but I became really cold when I became a mom Mm because now I had to take care of and I had to lead and I had to make sure everybody else was okay, including the kids. I didn't have time for myself. And then that part took over. But I think originally I had a dad who, you know, granted, he wasn't a perfect dad, but he was a dad who made me feel protected, who was always there, made me feel safe, provided for. I always had a home to go to. I knew if my car broke down, my dad was going to come and help me. That was a type of father I had. And in somewhere I lost it. And it wasn't until I became a single mom where I definitely lost it. And so now to tap back into it has been interesting because I'm like, oh, this is what I've always liked. And even with little instances like Mr. Monday and watching him put his hand on my chair and feeling safe with him and him following me home. 
those are the things that I must so attracted to. It's the <laughs> energy that they would give right. that I was always chasing. Right. And so it is amazing that I think I started off that way and then life hit me. Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying there. You know, it's like we deal with life. It hits us right. and we no longer could sit and feel Right. We just have to do and get done. Right. And there's people like you, if you're a single mom, you have responsibilities. People's lives are in your hands. So you don't have time to feel. You have to do. But the more we do that, the more we disconnect with our hearts and what we really need. And how can we ha expect our needs to be met by a partner if we don't know what our needs are ourselves? Right. If we're denying our, what our feelings are, we don't know what's going on in our heart. And we certainly disconnect from the most powerful tool women have which is our intuition. Because how many times do we say, oh, I had a feeling about that. I knew I was thinking that, but you know, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't trust it. I, I wasn't sure. But the more we connect with our feelings and our heart, the more in tune we are with intuition. And we no longer have to doubt ourselves. And we could just sit in confidence and say, no, I know that's what I'm feeling. I think the I'm hardest doing. part though, is I see time as a luxury. And when you are in mom mode, especially, it is not, you can just take a nap. For no, as long as you want, you not. can't just go get a massage, right? You right. have to plan these things. I mean, it was a lot of a blur because mm -hmm. you're providing for somebody else and you're having to make sure they're okay. Now that my kids are older, I don't feel guilty. I do things now. I go out. I mean, granted, I'm still there and present, but definitely I've been a little bit more selfish with my time, even school. Like I was big in school full time. I mean, the president's list 4.0. I was so proud of myself in the summer. I said, oh, I dropped all my classes. I'm feeling I'm doing I'm just relaxing. I'm not going to pressure myself anymore. Even though you haven't fully bought into all of this. I have seen changes in you, like right. big changes. And I've known you, what, eight years yeah. now? Well, so this is the funny joke in our group message. Every time they say something, I say, I didn't subscribe to this shit. <laughs> and literally, I always say, y'all subscribed. I just take what I want from it. It is funny to hear our conversations because, you know, we would send dick pics and, you know, swinging. What happened at the swingers club? And now it's, how do you feel about this, Lolita? And I'm like, I'm fucking pissed. No, Lolita. No. How do you feel? Do you feel scared? You know, there has been. I think it's almost like once you learn how to ride a bike, I'm like, wait a minute. I remember feeling like this. Mm. And there is something going on in my life right now where I am completely just like, I'm going to go with my feelings and I'm not going to shut down. And let's see where this takes me. We have right. to talk about Dave Matthews Band. We went to Dave Matthews Band concert together Correct. Correct. And, and we went to get food. <laughs> we come back from our concession visit to find three people, one of which was very large, standing right in front of our chairs. Right. And right. Lolita's the first one to get to them. And she says something, I think, kind of as in a joking, right. jovial way, like, you guys are standing right in front of our chairs. Right. Because we're in the lawn portion Correct. of the Dos Equis Pavilion, where it's just lawn chairs. Correct. And there was just a little bit of standing room right in front of our lawn chairs that they chose to stand. And Athena goes up to Lolita and she's no, like, No, they gave well, me kind of a fuck you attitude. No, they right, did not care. Right? When I came up, I saw Lolita saying, no, you're very rude. Oh, no, that was after my joke. Like, hey, you guys oh, are I in our way. No, I tried nice. They said, we all pay the same price to be here or something right, like that. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to see you standing in front of me. I'm here right. to see Dave. So I thought I handled it. Okay. Then Athena's like, Lolita, you're in your masculine. Get out of the way. I said, I said, and I'm like, I said, Lolita, you got to be nice. Then Watch, Athena's New York accent oh, comes out. Oh, we saw Brooklyn and we come saw out. Of all. 
She was going to school us. Nice. Wait, wait, wait. You were going to school us on how to do this with feminine energy. And Lolita and I look over. The next thing we know, <laughs> Athena's Brooklyn had come out. And, and she is wagging that finger and, and telling them off. And she did not give them any space because she was right back on them. That. And it was like. She's like, I'm going to be in all your selfies because I'm going to be all up in your business all night. <laughs> and I, and if I remember correctly, you said I didn't pay to see your fat ass. No, I did yes, not say, you that. Did say that. No, you no. did say okay. that. Am I going to tell the story of what I said, please? I'm just pissed I missed this. Yeah, you did. You missed. This was the best part of the show, honestly. So I get there and I see Lolita like yelling at, her. and all I saw was I Lolita saying, yelling. "I started off good. I know. Well, I didn't. Here's I wasn't the there for that. If you know Lolita, I, I will a... try to win you over first. Right. Okay. Let's well, that's me too. Him. We'll just okay. say we're all a work in progress. We're with all this a work in progress. <laughs> okay. So well, we get back. I, all I see is Lolita screaming, "No, you're fucking rude, or you're rude, or you know, you were saying like something like that." And I was like, "Girl." You can't start out fighting, but I, I didn't did. know that you had already tried being nice. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing that. So I go over and I'm like, hey, guys, you know, and I'm like, as sweet as to be. No, this is how I started. She I was started like, out nice. Hey, guys, it's cool that you're here. It's fine. I know it's a good view from this side, but if you don't mind, you could just step over right here to the left. You won't be blocking anyone. But you're you directing have your them. View. You didn't like that. <laughs> No, well, I You're felt like them you, what to do. you pissed them off. So that they were like, oh, no, we're already pissed off. Even if it's what she's saying is logical and nice, I'm still going to fight back. So, okay. So I say that to them. And the guy, there was a guy and two girls. The guy was like, you know, that makes sense. Hey, guys, why don't we just step over here? But now they wanted to be stubborn. So well, they there was one very masculinized in. woman there. One very masculine woman there. <laughs> and she says, no, I'm fucking staying right here. And I was like... So they didn't care what the they didn't care about my tone. They didn't care how sweet and friendly. They didn't sign up for polarity. Polarity. (laughs) And we're not even paying attention to Dave. Now it's like this was. And what she says, no. You know, we all paid the same price for the same view. You don't have any right to have a better view than me. And I said, you're right. We paid for the view of the band, not of your ass. And I said, as beautiful as it might be, because I didn't want her to be offended because she was a big girl. But I was like, as beautiful as it might be, I did not pay to see your asses. So would you mind just stepping a little bit to the left? And the man was rational, of course. And he's trying to keep the peace. And she's just like, no, I'm not moving. And then she starts raising her voice. We're all here for peace and love. I said, except for you, you're here to start trouble. (laughs) And, you know, we just kept going back and forth. And I remember thinking, Athena, this is not you. Like, I'm not a fighter, y'all. I'm not confrontational. I do not. I'll just be like, fine. You know what's so funny? You I have changed. I have changed. Your road rage is crazy. (laughs) What? You are like at all. Get out of here. Everybody move out of my way. I am a I'm a soft bunny compared to what I was in Brooklyn. Anyway, so (laughs) driving here is a breeze compared to New York. We got a little taste of it. And I'll never forget when you finally sat down eventually after you got tired of being up in their business. I was like, I can't wait to get more feminine energy lessons from you. Because what happened is I said, the only way I could see was if I stood very close to them. So I said, great. Now I was like basically between two of their heads. My face was like an inch behind their heads. And I said, I'm staying right here. I'm now part of your friend group because this is the only way I could see. So if you're going to take a selfie, I'm the new friend in the selfie. (laughs) And I'm trying to be a smart ass, you know, and she starts screaming. And And it's so funny because you kept going. And then by that time, Scarlett and I were just like cracking up, watching the show. We were just completely over it. And I'm like, I'm fighting for my life here. And they're sitting there (laughs) kicking in the back. Because we could see, we moved. And then 
um, so what happened was I was just like, she was getting louder and more aggressive. And I saw in my head, either we're going to roll down this hill fist fighting <laughs> like you see in these damn stadiums in concerts and sports arenas on social media, or I got to fix this. Like, how am I going to fix this? And I said, I can't. I can't argue and I'm not going to fight this woman. So what are you going to do? And at that moment, you said, Athena, Lila just left. Why don't you just take the seat and sit on this side? And I was like, no, I'm not moving. Because then now I got <laughs> stubborn and pissed. <laughs> but then in my anger, I said, give him a chair. Yeah, you resolved it so well. I took the you chair did. and I said, here, take the chair. It's an extra <laughs> chair. It's free. I don't sit care if you sit that down. or not, but you no, got it. Yeah, it and worked. I was like so mad. It worked. And the girl in the middle sat down. And she was very drunk. But the guy, he kind of stood up. And of course, the stubborn woman stayed stubborn. But what happened is she turned around and she was like, you know, this is the 33rd concert I've been to of Dave Matthews. And I'm fuming. But there was something in me that was like, just take the bite. Just OK. I said, really? I'm jealous. This is only my third Dave Matthews concert. I said, but I got to see him in Central Park. And he was like, she was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. That's so cool that you got to see him there. And then that was it. And she turned around. She was like, you do 420 stuff? I was like, maybe. And she gave me her, <laughs> her pen or I don't know what you call those that's things. That's what a Dave concert can do And for I was you. like, you right. know what? Okay, I got it. I said, can my friends use it? And she was like, sure. So I gave it to y'all. But y'all were like, no, I'm not smoking a strange woman's pipe. <laughs> Fuck uh, no. Athena. We don't know where those no. lips have been. Exactly. So I was like, okay. So I gave it back to her. She looked back at me and she was like, I'm sorry. I fucked up your view. Because one of the other things was the stupid girl that was in the middle was like, we've been standing here for three hours. And I'm like, we've been here for four hours. You haven't been here even once. And they had actually been sitting further in the front. And I saw them when we went to the bathroom. I said, the problem is you had shitty seats because you got here late. And now you're coming up here and interrupting our views. But anyway, that's <laughs> before I became We digress. Nice. So I got nicer. So it ended up, you know, we ended up really cool. We were talking and laughing and the whole mood shifted. And then afterwards, one of them lost their phone. And what's funny is because the man was he had such a nice, calming, masculine presence that he would try to talk to me. He would try to talk to her. He was trying to make peace and resolve it when we were both being just, you know, now we were getting petty. Right. And, and I appreciated time, that. Way. In the meantime, Scarlett and I are trying to figure out if they're a threesome. Because <laughs> that's where we go. Like, what is this dynamic here? <laughs> so I remember really appreciating him. You know, because I could see that he wasn't the most assertive, masculine, dominant kind of man. He was like trying, trying to, you know, pussyfoot after her, like his girlfriend. I could tell from different things. But at the end, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to tell him thank you. So I went over to him as they were walking out and I said, you know, I just want to mention thank you for your masculine presence because you brought a calming but assertive presence to a situation that could have gotten very ugly. And because you were here, it helped me to calm down and if you're not familiar with us he probably walked away and said oh she's fucking high <laughs> she's talking, I mean, maybe, maybe i would have been okay like, with that did you hear that shit she's talking about masculine energy <laughs> and he was like oh thank you like really like oh wow thank you you know but probably he's never heard that kind of comment before you know but i just wanted to encourage the men that i come across like to step into that masculine calming presence the girl lost her phone i had to bring it to them they had lost a girl they were hugging up on me. It was a whole thing. It I ended up wanting well. to make out with you towards the end, didn't they? Uh, I think one of them. Yeah. Did. She was rubbing up on my <laughs> It's because you were, your feminine energy was oozing <laughs> out of you. Oozing. I was nurturing and protective of their phone. Well, I will say it, this has been a lot easier having other people that get it 
and at least mm-hmm. understand what we're trying to do, even though obviously, as we've discussed, we flounder every single I was, day in this. I, I want to go back to this one time I talked about this with you guys. It was a Denny's after recording the podcast at some point and we were all drunk and we go there to sober up and eat something. And as we were sobering up, I think I was the one that was drunk. Y'all were okay. But <laughs> as I was sobering up, we started talking about this idea of women being able to receive. And that was something that I knew you were like, because I know if Lolita has always said, no, I don't want a relationship, just someone to make out with on the weekends. That's it. I don't want to deal with anyone. I don't deal with a partner. And I said, okay, that's fine. But what about like being able to receive someone who truly wants to provide for you and take care of you and your kids? Like, I agree. What if that's that a game changer. If I can find that where I felt safe and right. protected and... And at the time, you didn't say yes right no. away. You were just like, mm. And then because it's hard to believe that it's a possibility. Right. I remember Scarlett was, I was explaining more about being receptive, being open and respectful of men. Cause I remember I had said that to you, you're not respectful of men. You did not understand what I was talking about. You had a whole conversation just here so on you know, a podcast Mr. Vegas without is, me there. Or Mr. Vegas is shaking his head. No, like, yeah, like yeah, she yeah, was not, not respectful of men. And I know she didn't understand what I meant by that, but this is what I was referring to. But I remember in Denny's that night, you saying, well, because I was saying, well, if you want a masculine man to lead you and provide for you, which is something you've always said, you want security, you want provision. You need to be the kind of woman that kind of masculine man would be attracted, uh, attracted to. to. Right. Because if not, it's exhausting said, for them. Why would they want something? It's going like, to be a constant oh, battle. Right. So I said that to you and you were like, well, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life because that's just <laughs> not me. That's not me. And I'm like, yeah. I yeah, was clueless. Maybe. I was clueless. And if, right. if anyone's listened to this podcast, you know, we've had over a year of episodes now, right. then you're going to definitely see in me that blatant disrespect. Honestly, there's one episode in particular that comes in mind where I talk about the bartender that I had met at the Nutcracker event. That was the one that I said yeah. you're where not I, respectful. I basically flat out told him, you know, you have a negative self narrative. And I was like judging him like crazy, like basically putting right. his failings right 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 on the table in front of him and he walked out right you know which my attitude has just been like well where's the guy that's gonna challenge me where's the guy that's going to step mm-hmm. up to the plate or whatever well okay obviously i'm repelling yeah, those guys it's yeah, not right. worth it for but, them so in a lot of contexts i'm able to start exercising this feminine energy but one place where i'm really struggling to even conceptualize being able to do it is with my dad mm. and so you know like i said earlier he was like when i see you get into this place yeah. we're gonna sit right there Well, because so it was started, working with your ex-husband yeah so whenever i said i'm really struggling to visualize doing this with my dad he was like diving into that like let's drill down on that why why is it that you don't think you could do this with your dad i said even the idea of exercising feminine communication, like an open, vulnerable, submissive demeanor with my dad just repulses me. And, you know, he kept talking through it, talking through it, talking through it. And like, finally, when we get down, I guess the core of it, I just started sobbing. Mm -hmm. And I said, he doesn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't deserve it. You know, and of course, I had told him these stories through my childhood of mm-hmm. me and my dad had many instances of battle of the wills mm-hmm. where I'm sure that's where that masculine shell was originally created in me, where me and him would get into it. 
and I would blatantly defy him. Like I was even as early as two years old, my mom is telling me a story of me getting in front of the TV when he was watching it and he'd go move me and I'd go right back to that spot. And then he'd spank me, you know, cause he's very much of the generation and the mindset that, you know, you don't let rod. kids disrespect you. You know, you lay the law down. Right. And even after he would spank me, I'd go right back to that spot and he'd spank me again. And I go right back to the spot. Like I was going to die on that hill. And that continued through my entire childhood. I mean, and of course, as I grew to be a teenager, I'd realize ways that I could trigger him even more than standing in front of the TV. And I would. I found ignoring him to be a very effective method. Like he'd be yelling in my ear like a drill sergeant and I'd be acting like he wasn't even there. Right. So I'd find ways to push his buttons. And so clearly we did not have a healthy relationship no but and I, clearly that's where this masculine shell was started but it is interesting because we talk a lot about parenting and i tell you how sometimes i would just mess up and there's such compassion for me when i would tell you these things or how our kids are going to grow up with stories about us right and we do want that i want that compassion for my kids i don't do everything right we've talked about how we do things wrong we learn from our parents but there was no compassion for your dad to understand how he was raised I intellectually understand why my dad did the things he did or does the things he does. I knew his dad, who I also butted heads with all the time. So I knew what he grew up with. I saw it. And he was downright abused, honestly. So I understand intellectually why he is doing these things. Right. But. Does it remove the hurt? It does not remove what (laughs) happened to me and my response to it and how that shaped me right right well, and this is from the first man in your life right right the first man you should have right I, like i love my dad that's the first man i ever loved right this is coming from the first man in your life right and right. so i suspect my compulsion to want to pinpoint weaknesses in men and call them to the surface is really me doing that to my dad mm. yeah and so and i told my best friend and he challenged me and he said you now know what you need to do. Mm. And he said, the Scarlet I know doesn't back down from a challenge. You know that is exactly where the battlefield is. Like, either you're buying into this or you're not. And I was like, you're exactly right. And that is one beautiful thing about me is when I realize what I need to do, saying it's too hard is not an excuse. That's right. That is not Mm. a reason not to do it. Mm -hmm. If I'm really truly staying in my feminine energy, then I'm not leading that relationship. You know, so he advised me, just show up there. Mm-hmm. Not defensive, not with an outcome, because that's the big thing Zach talks about is feminine energy is not outcome based. You're not looking for outcomes. That's masculine. Right. Masculine is looking for outcomes. Feminine is receiving and feeling. Mm-hmm. Just show up there and be receiving and feeling. And right? We, Don't be expecting anything. And to your just dad's go. credit, which most people like my dad would never do, your dad is seeking advice and help and trying to improve, right? He has reached out to you. He's a recently couple. gone to therapy, probably because my mother made him. But right. that's <laughs> really, but, no, but, but that's I, really I, huge. But I, that's huge. And this people is from that generation are not, not eager to that. be in oh, counseling. Yeah. I agree. And he has tried to reach out to you. So now you're going to allow to feel and show up and you haven't done it yet though since our talk right i have not okay the no. tricky the tricky we, we did mention maybe your mom shouldn't be there 
That's another. That's a whole another. That's a whole another podcast. But just you know, be there with him. And the tricky part is to stay in the receptive. Right. Right. So no matter what he's doing, just receive what he's saying. But the whole idea of being, you know, Zach talks about: is this just going to be a costume that you put on when it's convenient Mm. or when you feel good about it, or is this going to be the energy you embody? Right. And that's the key. And I realized, okay, this is the person that I can't even visualize myself being in my feminine energy with. So that's a problem. That's a problem. And clearly that's a wound and probably where most of my hangups are in embodying this in general. But it's difficult to embody without the practice, I'm assuming. Well, I agree. It does take practice. It's like learning a new language. It really is. However, if I can't embody it with my dad, who is absolutely going to be the biggest hurdle for me, then I'm not truly embodying it. But I think that's going to take time. And I don't think you should be so conclusive with that. Like, oh, this is the way it's going to be. No, you're practicing now and it's working in things every day, right? Just like exercising. You don't go to the gym once to lose weight. You got to keep going. Damn it, why not? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So it's just yeah. something that I could totally see you doing. I'm excited for it. You know, I, I'll let you know, guys know how it goes. I, I'm so excited for it. So that. I had this happen with Chase. Chase is one person I have experimented with this a bit, you know, which Chase and I have a business relationship now with this podcast. Right. We're going to be hosting the podcast together going forward. I am relinquishing control to him as part of this journey to get out of outcome-based behavior and more into a feeling receiving role, that is a big reason why I've turned over the control of the podcast. But when we first were transitioning this, him and I kind of got into a little battle of the wills, which we're both, if anybody has listened to any of Chase's episodes and ones where we're both on together, we're both strong personalities and we're both opinionated. So making this transition, especially at first when I wasn't real well versed in feminine communication and being in feminine energy, which I'm still not, but even less so then, at first was very much in my masculine and approaching it that way, right? And we were just butting heads. There was no progression in reaching a amicable outcome that we both were happy with. And somewhere in the middle of this conversation, it dawns on me. Okay, I'm in my masculine right now. So he is approaching me like a masculine, masculine to masculine, right? He is vying for power right now, as am I. And so if I really, truly want a positive outcome here and want him to see any of my side of this, I'm going to have to change my approach. I'm realizing this as he's talking. And so I finally shut up and I asked him whenever he had finished his thought, I asked him, I said, could I call you back? And I think I even said, may I? May I? The most feminine way I could muster at that moment. May I call you back in just a few minutes? I need to go take care of this errand and then I'll call you right back. And he said, sure. And that allowed me a few minutes to like reset and like, okay, breathe. Get all this negative masculine energy out and let's reset here. And so right before I called him back, I sent him a text and I said, I regret the way I approached this conversation. And then I was really trying to get into my feelings. I started thinking to myself, what is causing me to jump into this masculine energy, this penetrating energy so strongly? Like, you know, thinking with what Zach has been saying, where I'm using judgments, 
I'm not making room for my feelings. And so I really started thinking, why am I reacting so strongly to this? When I started tapping into that, digging deep for what am I feeling, I realized I feel sad. I feel sad. This has been my baby for over a year now. I have built this from nothing. It's been through many phases and many different people and so much of my life and energy and resources has been poured into this. It's my baby. And so turning it over to someone is difficult and I feel sad. So just coming into that realization, I decided I'm just going to be vulnerable and open to him and tell him that. And so I said, I appreciate the experience because he's an experienced businessman. He has turned lots of companies around. He has a lot of ideas and a lot of good ideas, and he will probably make this a better, more successful podcast. And so I told him that. I said, I appreciate the experience that you're bringing to this. I absolutely think you're going to make this a great podcast. And I want you to know that I appreciate you stepping into this role. And I regret the way I was approaching you. I feel sad. I feel sad because this is something I've poured my life into and it just feels like a piece of me is being lost. And so I was just very vulnerable with him. His response, and I think I sent you guys a screenshot. It was beautiful to see. His response was, just like mine, a complete 180. Right. And it was protective. He was very protective. He was like, I am in your corner. I have this. Response. I am on your team. We are going to be successful. Trust me. Trust me. Like it was yeah. completely different. Tone. Reassuring. Now yes. we're on the same side. There's no more combating. And so that was a honest. very tangible, again, a very tangible example of what Zach was talking about. Right. That when a woman is open and vulnerable and appreciative and just lets a man see her heart instead of judgments and mm-hmm. that masculine energy how it inspires the protection and the devotion right and i want to say something about that because that is really beautiful and i heard zach say this recently and i thought what a great analogy so we always look at the tango dance as the man leads that's always what it is the masculine leads the feminine follows and they create this beautiful work of art in their dancing If we're not, as women, expressing ourselves vulnerably and our feelings to the man that we're involved with or to whoever, whatever the situation is, it's equivalent because now what we're saying is a man who's in a relationship with you, whether it's a business or a romantic, they're devoted to you in that partnership. So they want what's best for you as much as they want what's best for them, but they're devoted to actually caring about the outcome for you. And the only way for them to know what you need and how to reach that outcome is if you're expressing yourself vulnerably to them. And if you don't, what he says, it equates to watching a man and a woman dance a tango with the man blindfolded. If you don't express your emotions vulnerably to him, because he won't know what you're feeling. He won't know what you need or how to bring about an outcome that's going to be satisfactory for both of you. And in his devotion, he wants to do that, but he can't lead blind. So we have to be vulnerable and share and express ourselves. And that's the part that we have to do the work on. So a lot of, like you talk about your dad, there's wounding there. Yeah. And that absolutely has been at play in your different relationships with men throughout your life. Absolutely. And of course, if you're really going to do the work, this is really about healing and getting to the core of why we behave and speak and think the way we do. 
And why are we so much in our masculine? Well, go back to those root issues and heal them and resolve them. And it'll trickle into every other future relationship. But connecting with those feelings is so vital. And when we're in our masculine, as we said, it's just impossible to know what's really going on in our heart because we're too busy trying to manipulate the situation and the outcome. So with my soon-to-be ex-husband, I've played around with this a little bit. I will say that's another relationship where it is very difficult. We have a lot of history and the stakes are so high because in that relationship, we're dealing with children, finances. I mean, it really is the highest stake relationship the everyday shit. The everyday shit. Of course. And something that has huge consequences. Of course. So this th- isn't just practicing with, you know, a friend right. or a right. guy in the store. Right. Or, yeah, no. Right. Because at the end of the day, if it's Chase, okay, right. so what? So you know, what? Exactly. the podcast goes south, big exactly. deal. Even with my best friend, again, you know, at the end of the day, we decided not to be business partners, right? Right. With Mr. Vegas, right? Okay, yes, we have a relationship, but we don't have kids together. We don't have finances, finances together. together right. There's Obviously. not like high stake, high consequence items at play here. Right. Even with my dad. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, right. yes, I realize I need to go tackle that, but we don't have kids together. Right. We don't have finances together. It's the same thing, right? Okay. So that has been another big challenge for me. And what makes it more complicated is because he knows that I have dove all into this, he's been, I think, more resistant to it because it's my idea, right? And it's kind of like because I'm leading it and, you know, which probably my mistake was even talking about it, right? I should have just done it, done the feminine communication and been in my feminine energy and not really talked about what I was doing. Right. Because mm-hmm. now that he knows, like, he's resisting, is, he's resisting yeah, it, right? In general. I think it's but, also just a side note, very difficult. It's one thing for women to say, okay, we're masculinized. It doesn't feel as derogatory as for a man to realize that he's been emasculated. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for a man to hear. And so many men have just been emasculated by society, by the new culture that has taken over this world. And yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think with her husband, though, also you have to remember when he married her, she was a completely different person and he has seen different. But I was very masculine. I'm sure. No, no, no. That's never changed. No, no, no. Many different masks. But what I'm saying is from like the, you know, where you guys started to then where you went now to back where you're at. It's almost like to him. It's a roller coaster. I'm sure it's like a roller coaster. And he's like, this is now she's. I'm done. I've tried to do a little of experimenting with him where it's, I guess, a lower stake situation that doesn't relate to kids and finances and stuff. You know, I've been able to slip in some of that where he wasn't necessarily aware that this was part of Zach's program or whatever. Right. And there was one day in particular we went to dinner and I don't even remember what was going on, but I started crying. And prior to all of this, I would have tried very hard not to show anyone that I was crying. Right. Like that would have been a no, like suck it up, buttercup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, There's no reason to get emotional. You go do what you got to do to not cry. Right. And so because of all of this, I'm not doing that anymore. If I start crying, I let it cry. Mm -hmm. I just let it come. And so this was one of those instances I started crying about something and I can't even remember what it was that I was getting emotional about, but I just started bawling at the dinner table in a restaurant and my son wasn't even paying attention. I think he was watching something on his phone (laughs) and here's mom bawling my eyes out. And I just remember 
you know, I'm like, okay, here it is. Let me just tap into this. Let's just be vulnerable, not try to be tough, not try to be, I am woman, you know, and I've always been that with him. Like I am woman, anything you can do, I can do better. And, you know, I've been so, I've been so resentful towards him for the fact that he has, and I've talked about this many times on the podcast about how he's just gone through one job after the other, like his failure to provide that security that I craved even though I never visualized it as I just want to be taken care of and I want to be a kept woman, but I still wanted him to step up in that way. Of course. I had so much resentment about that. So it played out into me just being like, okay, watch me do it. This is not that fucking difficult. You know, that's the attitude I had, which of course is not inspiring him in (laughs) any way to fix this problem. Well, made it easier, (laughs) right? Because he's like, oh, she's got this. She's got it. I don't have to worry about it. And make him feel like shit. Right. Right. You know, so anyone who's feeling like shit is not going to be inspired to step up and provide and do. Right. So I certainly never would have taken previously. I certainly never would have taken the stance of let him see me cry and let him see my weakness. So that was a huge step that I just let the tears flow. And I very vulnerably told him, I feel overwhelmed. And I remember him telling me his tone was soft. And he told me, you never let yourself stop. Like, you're always on the run. And he said, I don't do anything on Sundays. Those are my rest days. And I really want that for you. I wish you would let yourself have a rest day. Mm. I just remember looking at him, like, shocked. Like, he had never told me that before. Ever. Ever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is interesting. Right. This shit actually works. <laughs> but this is where the difficulty <laughs> of embodying it how is because she still had boundaries up. Like, oh, low stake stuff. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, high stake stuff. Oh, I'm going to run this. Well, and, you know and, what? And I appreciate something that I heard Zach say the other day because I was kind of beating myself up about the fact that anything related to kids and finances, I wasn't willing yet to so, right. embody that. Right. Because it's like, no, I am not letting him screw that up. Right. Because that's your safety. Didn't your husband, after that situation where you said, I'm feeling overwhelmed, didn't he end up doing groceries, picking up the kids? He, he did, did a bunch of stuff the next day or whenever it was. He did. Without he being asked, up. without yeah. anything. I, I didn't. Yeah, He just got I up didn't. and did. He did it. He it, did. Which you can't deny the reaction there. Well, the response. And then that's what I'm saying. In every place that I have been able to truly tap into that energy, I have seen how it has inspired men to react completely differently than I'm used to, right? Because used to, I'm coming into it with that disrespectful persona. So here's an excellent example with you and your husband, because the fact is most women would go to a man when they're feeling overwhelmed and say, you don't do anything. You need to go do this. Pick up the kids. Do this. Do the grocery. Do that. that. Of course. Of course. Yeah. How effective is that? Not at all. Exactly. At all. What we're saying is don't have an outcome. Just provide the problem. Just say, I'm overwhelmed. And it is up to the man that is now supposedly devoted to you, loves you, and is partnering with you. He's the fixer. To solve these problems. So, like, here's a very basic example, right? I'm thirsty. I'm feeling thirsty. I could say that, and my partner could decide how he's going to solve that problem. I could have said, go get me a bottle of water. Or can I please have a she bottle of water? She could have said, go and turn the fan right? on. No. I could be- <laughs> Go turn the fan on. Shut up. Anyway, so, <laughs> we're gonna delete you that part. You never said 
I'm feeling hot. You said, go turn the fan on. <laughs> I didn't say go. I said, could you please? No, but you said it very... Okay, so can we get back to my much more important <laughs> conversation? This, this is going back to how we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But okay, if I say I'm thirsty, he might decide to go buy me some water. He might decide to say, oh, why don't you go get some water? He might lead the situation however he feels best to help me solve the situation of me being thirsty. And it's really interesting to do that because we're not trying to manipulate the outcome. We're trying to say, I need help. And for a person who's our partner, instinctually, a man wants to help. He wants to provide. He wants to protect. So tell me what your problems are so that I can help you and it would help you feel better. And then, of course, that has to do with the self-worth. Because I could get up and get my own bottle of water, assuming he doesn't give a shit anyway. But isn't he's not I am get thirsty still an outcome? You're telling him I'm thirsty. No, that's what that's you're feeling. Your problem. That's the problem. That's I'm not thirsty. the outcome. The outcome would be, I need water. Can you get me water? It's a very basic example. Right. But present the challenge instead of the solution. So in this polarity and the way you guys talk now, you can't say, would you mind? No, no that's directive. directive. Okay. It's may leading. I, may so, I have a glass of water? He talks about feminine communication. And he has okay. four basic things to use as part of feminine communication is saying, either presenting the problem, like, I feel thirsty. I feel statements. I feel overwhelmed. I feel whatever. Sad, anxious, scared, right? Using I feel I angry, feel. whatever it is. Presenting the problem could also be an I feel statement, but it could also be I can't open the pickle jar. Then there's permissive, like, may I, or may we, may I know, may I, whatever. It's permissive. What's the fourth one? What am I missing? Needs. I need help. I need comfort. I need a hug. That's the fourth one. Problems. I can't open the olive jar. The toilet is broken. The sink is clogged. And you're providing the problem so that they can provide the solution. We're not saying go get the plunger and plunge the toilet. We're just saying the toilet's clogged. It gives the man the authority to fix it and be the, you know, the hero that they want to be. But also it's just instinctual for them to do that. And then the others were feelings. I feel angry, sad, anxious, whatever. Permissives. May I share? May I have a drink? May I have the salt? Because that's not leading for the outcome. It's just saying, may I? It's just giving them the choice to say no. Right. Or solve whatever the problem is. And he even says when you're using permissive, language that it shouldn't be outcome none of these things should be a manipulative energy behind it that even with the permissives you're saying it with full acceptance of what the answer may be whether it's an outcome you're hoping for or not that you're accepting of the decision he makes whatever it might be so if he says no you may not have the salt and i have seen multiple men test me in this way especially my husband There was one particular night that I asked him, may we talk about this? And he said, no. And it took everything in me (laughs) to keep my mouth shut. Right. Because I did not want to let it go. I wanted to discuss it. I wanted to hash it out. I did not want to just walk away and avoid the situation. And it took everything in me to go, okay, I got to let it go. Right. And I shut up. And we happened to be driving home and we had like a 30 minute ride home and I didn't say another word. And the next day, ironically enough, the next day I found on my mirror was written, love you. 
And I was like, this is very interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. And so I asked him about it. And this was from your husband. This was from my husband. Not the kids. Not the kids. Wow. It was my husband. At first I thought it was yeah. my daughter. And right. so I said something to my daughter about it. And she's like, I didn't do it. Right. And so then I asked him and he was like, yeah, I did that. And in this conversation, he told me, he said, I tested you last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how so? He said, when you asked me, may I or may we talk right. about this? He said, I purposely said no, thinking you would never keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he was like, I was just waiting for it. I and was it probably made him feel you. so good because sometimes, too, I've dealt with you. You want to talk about <laughs> things now. And I always say, no, I'm not that person. Let me think about it or let me sit on it, whatever. So he probably appreciated that you gave him that space that he needed because men need space, too. Sure. And, and yeah. you see that that's a show of respect. Right. Yes. Right. You're not it treating took... him like a fool. Like, right. Like demanding to be heard in that moment like he's your child. Right. It's a You're grown right. man. He could decide, no, I don't want to talk about that right now. And that's perfectly fair and reasonable. And what was interesting is the next day he did talk about it with me and it was a whole different tone for both of us. Right. Probably went way better than it would have if we had hashed Forced it out the night before. That conversation. Right. right. So it was very interesting how a simple act of asking permissively and following the response or the directive that he gave me ended up that way. So that was another experiment that I tried. So I want to get back to something I was starting to say earlier. I really appreciated something that Zach had said to a woman who was in kind of a similar situation, being with a man that was not good with money. He was not providing and had made some very consequential bad financial decisions. And she had inherited a bunch of money and she took control of it and what they did with it. And she felt guilty about that because she had gotten under her masculine and had taken control of that situation. And he told her, he said, you did exactly the right thing. He said, the problem is, is you're dealing with a man who is still very much emasculated while he might be working on that and he's growing he's not there yet and so you absolutely in that situation were right to take the control and protect yourself that was your money you inherited it Mm. here is a man who has proven that he is not good in this area and that was a protective measure and you were absolutely right to do that and so He just gave her that reassurance that you should not be feeling guilty about that. Hopefully one day your husband will step up in this area. He will grow and become dedicated in this area. But he said, in the meantime, you're absolutely right to protect yourself in this way. So I appreciated that he had said that and Mm -hmm. just relinquished that guilt that she was feeling on this call. I think that helped me not feel so guilty about things you take charge of. That area in particular Mm -hmm. that I have resumed control of. And to my husband's benefit, he is walking out of this marriage way better off than he came into it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. So we're talking about how this inspires the masculine, right? So I would Mm -hmm. love to hear from your perspective as a masculine, where have you seen this play out? Because I'm sure you've seen in our dynamic all kinds of situations, as well as women outside of our circle, Mm -hmm. both masculinized women, women in feminine energy, 
maybe women using feminine communication, but with a masculine energy behind it. What have you experienced internally through all of that? So I've experienced when you're totally tapped into your feminine energy and I'm in my masculine, when you're able to be all submissive and may I call, absolutely call me. I'd love to hear your voice or I'm thirsty. As men, we and I want to fix things, make sure everything is taken care of and you are safe. Is that only though whenever I'm tapped into that? It's just easier when you're tapped into that. I personally want to make sure whatever I do, I want to best serve us and guide us in the path and where I want us to be. So have there been times when you have known I'm using the feminine communication, but there's still a masculine energy behind it? Yes, there are times where you judge sliding those little barbs every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) So it's easier to lead when we're receptive. Absolutely. I mean, if you have a straight road with no bumps or hills, I mean, it's It's easier. going to be a hell of a lot easier than to be taken some winding road with potholes and, you know, obstacles in your way. Yeah, Yeah. obstacles. So Uh, when has it been maybe the most difficult for you to tap into your masculine with me? (laughs) When you get deeply into your masculine, we say these bulls are baby dragons and (laughs) I'm still not comfortable with being completely masculine because of wounds that I've had and always being defensive and the ropes. So when I'm being grilled and I don't say persecuted. (laughs) Interrogated. Interrogated. (laughs) I'm saying it wasn't me. I didn't do it. This is bullshit. You're getting defensive. Right. And then that's being feminine because you're having to defend your view and all that stuff. Whereas if you're truly in your masculine. Not necessarily feminine, but emasculated. Right. Emasculated. Whereas if you completely own that shit and saying this is why I did this, this is, you know. Her sharing her concerns versus telling you what you did wrong. Right. You attract more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Right. So as many specific examples you can think of to where you felt the inspiration or felt demotivated, kind of like Zach talks about where he felt the devotion towards his wife versus feeling demotivated in some way. This past Friday, where something in my day wasn't going well. And it just snowballed and just things weren't going the way I planned or wanted. Where we were an hour behind schedule trying to get some errands done for you. And that you're upset, you're frustrated. And then I was trying to leave and get to my job and work and all that stuff. And I said bye and you basically shrugged me off and gave me this pissed look and was like, all right, Mike, fuck it. I'm going to work. And as I get on my way, like maybe 500 feet from work, you call me and racing like the mad woman that you drive. (laughs) Very much in my masculine. Yes. Where are you? Pull over. (laughs) We talked this out and I was ready to just. I was very much in that. No, we're talking this out. (laughs) I said, fuck it. Bye. Gone. I'm leaving. So demotivated. Needless yeah, to say. I was fully aware to push you away. I didn't want to deal with this. I didn't want it. 
So where's been an example of the opposite where you felt inspired? I've been inspired whenever we have our business meetings or meetings, making sure you have a full water jar stocked with ice, making sure everything is set up for when we go out on trips. Do you have your braces cleaner out? Do you have everything that you need that you So what is it that inspires that? The reaction from you, the way you receive that makes me feel good. I, of course, want to continue having those good feelings, and I also want to provide. So is it gratitude, specifically? Mm-hmm. This is something my best friend had told me. He had given me some thoughts. I tried to talk him into coming, and I was not successful. But he did share some thoughts with me on this, because... I was asking him just kind of the same question I just posed with you. Like, what is the difference between you feeling eager and devoted to step up and want to help and assist versus being demotivated? And he was trying to articulate it a little bit. We finally got it narrowed down to more than anything, it's the gratefulness versus the entitlement. He said where there's an entitled energy behind it. And he said, I know a lot of women this way where it's almost like men are their servants. And Mm -hmm. that's the Mm -hmm. energy behind it. Even if they're saying it nicely, you know, energetically behind that, they're they're, demanding demanding and they're not grateful for what you are doing. Because I had asked them, I'm like, you know, with me, you seem eager in any way that I need, whether I'm, it's even on remotely on my radar for him to do anything. He will step up and help me. He has helped me tremendously in so many ways. And so I said, what is it about that? Because I've seen with other women, you don't have that. And he said, I think more than anything it is your gratefulness towards it. Like you're always very expressive of your gratitude about it. Well, I would assume this relates to men feeling that they're expected to do stuff as well. They want to yes. do it, not be expected right. to do it. Right. And that's what he told me. He said, men need appreciation. Right. We need it so much. And that's true. But if we come down to it, do you think that this is just basic human kindness and respect and dignity that we're treating each other with? Because honestly, there's nothing crazy to ask to be appreciated. I think women need that also. But I think that is a big part of men, because if it's instinctual for a man to provide and protect That's a lot of giving that they're doing. Absolutely. And so they want to know that their giving is an investment and there's going to be a return on that investment, meaning appreciation, receptivity, respect. But I think like my husband certainly would say he probably has not experienced the gratitude that my best friend has. Right. Because in a lot of ways with him, I just expect these are your kids. His role. You better be stepping up like you better be taking care of your kids. Right. And so it's almost like he has to go even further to get past the entitlement to get to the appreciation, right? So I'm trying to change that so that the appreciation comes way before that. And there's not just an expectation that you should be doing this, right? Well, you know, yeah, mister, so what? You know, that's not the attitude I should have. So I'm really trying to make a concerted effort to show appreciation, even for the small things. And I think that comes into play with these complicated relationships where you've been through the ups and downs and it's hard to maintain the same level of respect for someone. Once you start to see the real them, their weaknesses, their flaws, it's hard, especially for women to say, okay, I'm still going to respect him the same way I did before I knew those flaws. 
But I think it's a continual practice. So even if we see the man's flaws, the man should still show up and say, okay, I have that flaw, but I'm going to start working on that. I'm going to fix that and keep going. And it should be a constant need to not necessarily earn the respect, but rather just show yourself worthy of the respect. While we also can work on being receptive, even if we fail, even if we mess up, even if we fall into entitlement, continue to work on that ability to say, I still appreciate you going and picking up the kids, even though you're the father and that's expected. I appreciate you doing it. There are many fathers who are not doing that right now. You know, so not waiting for the ideal level of respect to be there, just still being appreciative, still showing that and the man still showing up and doing the best he can as well. One beautiful thing about paying the thousands of dollars to be able to watch these role <laughs> plays that they do through this coaching program it's been really beautiful to watch these men who are polarized, who are in their masculine energy and devoted to these women. Their objective is get a woman in touch with her feelings. That is primary objective number one. And so they'll do these role plays where, you know, the woman will be in that masculine energy, right? And she's throwing judgments like, why are you looking at that woman? Why have you been direct messaging her? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, just nagging him or whatever about whatever situation and he may at first be emasculated and trying to defend himself and explain and whatever but then he'll start wait wait i'm not stepping up here let's reset right and he'll start taking the leadership role and he's like babe i love you but you're being disrespectful towards me right now please stop with that tone and let's talk about what are you feeling right now? Tell me what you're feeling, right? And so it's this way of like redirecting the tone of the conversation. So powerful. Well, and it's much easier because you're all on the same page, right? The values are here. What you guys are valuing is the same. Yes. It's hard to get that in the real world. <laughs> like not it's everybody's on the degree. same, especially with dating. I mean, we talk about this. We almost feel like we need our own dating site now just so we can be with those men that are trying to be in their masculine. Well, that example is really beautiful. I hope that what this does is reach the men who are dealing with a woman who is very masculine and therefore they just step back and kind of play nice so that they can not have too many, you know, bumps in the road. People, and we please. probably should People, clarify please. that by masculine, we're not talking about being a muscle. No. We're not talking about muscle. Yeah. No, uh, we're not talking about toxic masculinity, which is a thing <laughs> right now. But I think whenever we talk feminine and masculine in general, right. we're thinking lipstick and heels versus no, you know muscles and uh, we whatever. should probably always say yeah, energy. No. So we're talking it. energy right energy. now. We're talking penetrative leading right. energy. energy, leading penetrating energy, uh, giving devotional energy versus receiving. Feelings, feelings receptive, focused, yeah, grateful, appreciation, respectful. Right, right. That's so, what we're talking about. So, so when we say masculinized woman. We're talking about a woman that is probably very outcome oriented, very directive, leading, leading. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> take charge. You women, know, women like us, guys. If you most, listen to all the modern women, <laughs> just just listen to our past episodes. Women like us, most modern women, <laughs> right? Yeah. But in and a moment, oftentimes are giving judgments, right? Right. In a moment, see where... all of my past podcast episodes of me, and that's what we're talking <laughs> that's about. Right. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, so, even this one. I mean, I'm very much in my extent, masculine energy directing extent. this conversation. But after tonight, but... you retire. <laughs> That's right. After this one, guys, Chase she's retired. Takes over the masculine yeah. role. We'll see how I do with Chase. But I, but I, I Take really, the dress in the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to focus on what this example you gave, because this is something that's applicable for every single couple up out there right now. Many people have the dynamics that are switched, which, yeah, the man's just going to appease the woman. Happy wife, happy life. Whatever you say. Meanwhile, the man is dying inside, being more and more emasculated, feeling more and more like a piece of shit and completely disconnecting from his instincts. But in a moment where the woman is raging for whatever it is about whatever, the garbage, another woman, whatever. And he has no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Something tells me otherwise. But for the man to step into a moment where the woman is raging and just leading and accusing and in that throw of passionate masculinity and say, wait a minute, just take control of that moment and say, hey, I love you. I want to talk about this with you in a respectful manner. What are you really feeling? There is nothing like the security. Oh, my God. In feeling that the beauty. And I've talked about this in prior episodes of the Nice Guys Finish last episode in particular, where we want to know that it's a guy that is not going to be knocked off his course. And we might intentionally set the ship to be headed for the bottom of a cliff because we want to know he could turn it around that he will turn it around and he's not going to let it fall to the ground. Here's the problem with that thinking the man has to rise above my power. Right. And I don't have to change my power. That's not true. We need to step back. We need to watch what we're doing and why are we taking that boat off course there's times where we can challenge the man to make sure he has a backbone that's instinctual we want to make sure he can handle the kids when the kids act out and he's not going to go crazy and kill them you know there's reasons why we challenge our masculine partners but we also need to be able to say wait a minute i need to change my approach i need to change my aggressive attitude so oh that, i agree so i agree the man could you. then take over and then lead us so in a moment where we are screaming and raging and whatever and he says hold on I want to take control of the situation. Let's talk about it. Let's do it respectfully. I agree with you completely that we should not be raging we at our men. We energy. should not be raging at our men. I'm Absolutely. not saying this is a good thing. Right. However, what I am trying to present is that for a male, when that opportunity arises, see it as just that, an opportunity. That's because right. Because the more that, as Vinny likes to call, more my dragon comes out, the bigger the opportunity is for you to provide a sense of security because the bigger that dragon is that you slay the more feeling of security that we have calm assertive energy absolutely calm assertive energy that is the masculine devoted that is assertive enough to say hold on and i'm not going to meet you in this rage right i'm going to change the tone of this and we're going to lead this in a different direction right in a loving way in a loving devotional way absolutely and that is so profound and if men would do that more women would be so much more happier they'd feel safer and they'd also change their tone faster yeah there absolutely is an opportunity there every time it arises but as benny can tell you i'm sure it's easier said than done it's practice it's practice i think let's hear about it from your perspective any because okay you've seen my dragons come out there's no question but i did want to hear from you like when those dragons come out what is it that you're feeling internally what's going on with you on your end 
I feel attacked and I'm being defensive because when I was growing up as a child and all that stuff, I was always guilty until I proved my innocence. I was always came after with my mother or whatever. Even if I didn't do something, it's always been your fault, my fault, or I've got to clear my name. So that's just my natural defense. Yeah. Defense to deflect or whatever. And if I don't want to play defense, I'll just say, fuck it. Toss the game board of Monopoly or life or whatever and blow shit up and just restart. Walk away, basically. Yeah. I'm okay with pulling the pin. and. So now having this information that you have and seeing these role plays and things, because thankfully Mr. Vegas has been willing to watch videos with me. <laughs> we are on this journey together to improve. So for... now having this information, mm-hmm. what is it now knowing what you know that holds you back in those moments? I don't take time to breathe, assess the situation. You still revert back to still the... revert to what I've known for a couple decades of life and experiences. So I've seen the change where I've gotten better to think or I'm not perfect. And I mean, I still have a lot to learn and be able to diagnose, handle situations a lot better. But the dragons but, are tough. I mean, yeah, they're tough, but they're not unconquerable. Agreed. And I will say when that comes out, that is moments of great fear, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Like when that dragon is out there and that fire breathing dragon is out, that is probably the moments when I'm the most fearful. It's fear. Right. It's fear. And more than anything, what I want in that moment is reassurance, right? Which my behavior is deflecting that and de-incentivizing that which is the irony of the whole situation is that if I would get in touch with my feelings and be vulnerable and just say, I feel scared right now, then I'm much more apt to get what I'm really needing, which is reassurance. That's the irony of the whole situation. We've been going for a long time now and there's still so much to this. Yeah, So much to this. I mean, I've read Zach's four books. I'm now reading the Flowers and Honey book. There's so many polarity books that are good on this topic, but, you know, I'm trying to learn and I feel like I still have so much more to learn. Mm-hmm. I think, it truly is like learning another language. It is. I think ultimately, if we want people to walk away with one idea about polarity, I think my thing would be It's a way of really looking at your own wounds, how they've steered you through life and how they have altered your personality and changed your ability to feel worthy. And how we tell ourselves these stories like, no, this is fine. I'm happy. I love doing this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just like all the rest of my friends and I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. But if we stop to really look at why we're doing what we're doing, we start to find some wounds. And I think it's really important to go back and look at that examine what's going on, where the root of it is. And for women, it's going back to connecting to your heart and your feelings. And for me, when I started this journey, I didn't even know what feelings were. I'm telling you, when I was in therapy, my therapist would ask me, what are you feeling? And I'm like, what does it matter what I'm feeling? Like, this is the situation and I have no choice to, I don't have to worry about what I'm feeling. I need to do, I need to solve, I need to fix. And she's the one that got me back into this idea of feeling. I literally had to look up, I had to Google, what are feelings? Give me a list of them so I could select what it is I'm feeling. And I think it's really important when you get back to that, because before I started going to therapy, I was so disconnected from my feelings. I didn't care 
what was going on with me, I just always had the perfect response, joke, laugh, make everybody else happy. Never consider what I was feeling. Now I won't do that. If I'm feeling upset, I'm just going to be like, oh man, and I'm going to show it. And it feels like I'm living a far more authentic life. I'm also far more receptive of the things that are coming my way. And the more I receive, the more worthy I feel, the more confidence I feel. And what's really crazy is the safer I feel in this world. Absolutely. I feel protection from everyone around me and everything around me when I'm allowing myself to feel and be vulnerable. I would agree with that. Yeah. Because the instances where I've truly been able to tap into that, which honestly right now are pretty few and far between. Right. It's not natural for me yet. I hope Mm -hmm. one day it is very natural. But the times when I've been able to truly tap into that feminine energy, it has been remarkable to me how much lighter I feel, Mm -hmm. how much safer I feel, how much happier I feel. And the same for the men. Mm -hmm. I feel invigorated when I'm in my masculine, I'm empowered and you can conquer the world. Confident. Yes. You know, there's this thing, and I know you felt the same way in Scarlet, same way as me, where I would always say, and I used to take pride in it, but I was also angry that I had to be that person where I could walk into any room and I could figure out exactly what the problem is, who needs what, what's the solution, provide the answer and get things going. I would do that. And it was instinctual, but it wasn't instinctual. It was a wound Mm -hmm. because I didn't have anyone doing that for me. And it wasn't ever in my best interest. So I'd walk into a room now. And also I've had roles and jobs and positions and I run my own business where I have to take the lead and make these decisions and solve everybody's problems. But what I've realized is when I stopped to think about what that made me feel, it was I'm exhausted and I'm not cared for. Right. And nobody's solving problems for me. And what happened is I started to step back in situations when I could. Simple things like in a meeting and I realized, you know, it's getting close to a certain time. We got to start. I would say, okay, guys, let's get going. Now I'll step back. I won't say anything. And one of the men or somebody else will do it. I've learned to trust that I'm not the only one capable of doing this. I had to when I had to when I was surviving and learning and growing. Now I step back and I let other people take care of it. And it's very hard to do that, but it feels so good because I feel like other people are getting it. They understand what needs to get done. And I don't have to be the one that's raising my hand all the time and solving the problems. That allows me to rest. It's very freeing. Very freeing. So I've made some drastic changes since, you know, I mentioned it's been about two months since we've recorded. And while I still very much have a lot of work to do, I've come a long way and I've had multiple people tell me, you're changing, like Mm -hmm. becoming more soft, becoming more open, more vulnerable, you know, so definitely I'm making progress, which is great because really it's only been probably a couple of months since I've truly dove into this. So I have hope that eventually this will become very natural for me. It's a process. Absolutely. It takes time. Absolutely. And he says that all the time. You have to expect to make a million mistakes. Yes. And and what's funny also is you can apply this feminine energy to yourself. So the way you talk to yourself, yes. the way you interact with yourself, be understanding, be yes, calm, absolutely. you know, be forgiving and graceful absolutely. and respectful. And it starts to really take root. But absolutely. Any healing process, it takes time. Absolutely. And I've even seen a difference with my kids because when mm-hmm. I'm able to tap into this with my children, I am a different mom. I'm a better mom. 
-hmm. you know, tapping into that feminine energy is tapping into the empathetic, the nurturing, all those things that children desperately need. Mm -hmm. It's not been natural for me because I grew up under a very masculinized mom and an emasculated dad. So this is not something that I got to witness growing up. So I'm, you know, shooting at the hip most of the time trying to figure this out. But just trying to put into practice getting in touch with my feelings is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And I, like you, didn't really know how to do that. And I still feel like I'm struggling with that. There's so many times when... I'm like, okay, this is what I want to say, but I realize I'm making judgment statements, you know, like saying something like I feel taken advantage of. Well, that's not a feeling. That's a judgment. That's an accusation. Right. So saying, what am I feeling instead of what am I thinking? And so I've been struggling with that because there's oftentimes I can articulate, I feel disrespected. I feel taken advantage of. Well, all of those are just judgments that I'm saying, and I'm still not tapping into, I feel fear, I feel anxiety, I feel sad, I feel angry, whatever it is. Well, if you take it one step further, don't end it on the judgment. It's okay if you start there. Okay, I feel disrespected. Why do I feel disrespected? Because this person said this or that. Okay, so what am I really feeling? I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling betrayed. Well, that's an accusation, but I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling mad. I'm feeling angry. Those are the feelings that are behind the disrespect. And so expressing that versus the judgment right, right. and getting that different kind of response from the person. And that's been hard. That no, has really hard. been hard. It's very hard. I fall short all the time. It is what so it is, but it's a journey. We're work in progress. We're work in progress. So we'll see how this goes as Chase takes over this podcast, takes control over it. He's got a lot of plans. We'll mm-hmm. see what he does with it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how well Scarlett is able to Stay in her feminine energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a journey. And one thing I admire is that you've been very transparent in all of your journeys in this past year. And you did build an incredible community and people who were excited and learning and sharing and vulnerable to be here sharing crazy shit about their past. And it is a tremendous experience for you and for everyone that was on here and for the people that were listening. Thank um, you. And you've done a tremendous job. And even if it's fallen a little bit, apart in the end because as you're learning and you're growing it doesn't take away from all of the time and fun times and memories and the way you've affected other people around you so kudos for the work you've done here thank you i appreciate that you're welcome it's it's taking a big shift like i said at the beginning it's the end of an era Mm -hmm. but it's the beginning of a whole new era you know chase's flavor of podcast is going to be i'm sure very different from mine (laughs) he is definitely wanting to shift it away from not necessarily away but putting more focus on relationship dynamics versus sex so it's going to be a different flavor of a podcast and i'm sure these polarity topics will be arising through whatever it is that we're talking about and um, bringing things to the table, I'm sure, will be a main topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yes. What do you bring to the table? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all evolves. And, you know, maybe looking back on this a year from now, I can look back today and go, wow, you know, I've come a long way. I hope. I yeah. hope that's the sentiment that I can say a year from now is, wow, you know, these things I was struggling with. Now it's so easy for me. That's right. what I hope I'm saying. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully you will be. Hopefully we all will be. Mm-hmm. And thank you for 
everybody that's been a part of this podcast. Thank you, Spider, for all that you've done to help and aid and assist and contribute. We appreciate you greatly. All the times you have stayed up to all hours of the night with us (laughs) as we go well past our time to record. As we're currently doing. As we're currently doing in this moment. Y'all make it fun, though. I'm glad. I'm glad you have fun. Oh, we got his voice on the last episode. Yay. (laughs) He was quiet, though. Any last words, Spider, before we end this phase of our podcast? Walk out with your cock out. (laughs) (laughs) Our last masculine energy exit. (laughs) I know people, you know, especially Vixen and them, they were very combative with these ideas and it may not be for everyone. I believe it's for everyone, but they don't believe it's for them. And that's fine, but it doesn't make it wrong. You know, it might work really right. well for us and it may not be for them, but it doesn't mean that when we're talking about it, it should be shut down as absolutely despicable concept. And I think it's worthy of being explored for everyone. If you explore it and you see it doesn't work, then fine. But if you feel it does work, try to explore it. Try to have an open heart to these new ways of thinking that are very controversial but perhaps it might be the best thing for you right well i will say this when i first was introduced to this it was very triggering of course very triggering it tells us we've been doing everything wrong but we do it out of necessity so it's hard to accept that i mean let's face it there's been a lot of years of oppression of, of women course. i mean there just has been but that is not a true masculine that would abuse his whatever his physical traits to oppress women or to use his authoritative position or what have you in order to oppress that is not true masculine energy in that oppression i don't think the answer to oppression is to become the oppressor i don't think it's to give away our femininity i don't think it's to become masculine but i think that's what we've done that's why that phenomenon exists and that's why i think it's so triggering because just like when i think of my dad While he was generally emasculated, he had these bursts of dominance where he's trying to assert his position over me. And it was not coupled with the devotion. It was not coupled with love. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, the thought of going and submitting to that is repulsive to me. So I think that's generally why it's triggering because it's, wait, then I'm signing up to get abused. That's what causes the triggering is the fear. And any sign of being put in any kind of a box triggers all of us to say, oh, hell no. And I understand that. And I think that's everyone's initial reaction when you first started hearing about this stuff. So when I first started hearing these ideas, I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Hell no. That's right. Hell to the no. It would be weird if you didn't have that reaction. Because that was exactly the place I was in. Like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Man wants my respect. He can fucking earn it. Right. right? That was exactly my attitude. And how'd that work out for you all these years? Well, I didn't know it wasn't working. (laughs) I knew I had problems, but. Right. I was just not there. Well, I'll just say that. I was it not there. It comes down to this. If you're going to consider polarity, if you're going to start looking at it, reading about it, understanding it, you have to have a receptive attitude. You have to say, okay, well, let me see what this is about and not go in judging or criticizing or making assumptions, which is having feminine energy. Yeah. <laughs> like you need feminine energy yeah. in order to even receive what right. this is really about. Right. Right. I think it's just profoundly healing and restorative. That's and what I find polarity. Another level of complication to this or difficulty to this as a woman trying to tap into this feminine energy 
is other women. And Zach is other women. Exactly. <laughs> and Zach actually did a video about this the other day because he said, you know, you're going to find this is much easier to do with men because men are receptive to it. They love it. This is what they crave. Mm -hmm. With women, however, they will chew you up and spit you out. That's exactly And right. that is exactly right. That is, I have found that over and over and over, even in our own Discord channel. Right. The women will chew you up and spit you out. And that was me. Honestly, that has been me for a long time. I encounter a woman that actually was embodying some level of feminine energy. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing with your life? <laughs> like, you don't have any goals? Like, we were what's kind of deal? programmed. We were kind of programmed to be that way also. Yeah. And so yeah. I literally had nothing in common. You notice my circle is all vasculized women. Like, right. we are all right. in that position, right? right? And we're trying to shift in this circle. But that is what I gravitated towards. Women who were driven successful, had goals, had ambitions, were outcome driven because that's what I related to. I would encounter a woman that to me wasn't doing anything with her life. And I'm, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't respect this. It's horrible. But I felt that like, I mean, I used to feel the same way. <laughs> I used to think, well, man, you're throwing your life away having kids. And let me tell you how horribly despicable that idea is. And I used to believe that. And when I realized, no, they're doing the most purpose filled mission on this earth is to have kids for well, me even absent that like feminine energy is the embodiment of creative expression mm -hmm. and expressing for the sake of expressing mm -hmm. and really just going with the flow in the moment and getting in touch with ourselves right all these things that as a masculinized woman i'm like what the fuck is all that who now ain't nobody got time for that have time for the shit <laughs> What are you doing with your life? You're out here meditating? Like, come on now. Uh, getting massages? <laughs> Feeling your heart? How could you be so stupid? I am pathetic. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when you start to give it a chance, you realize, oh, okay, this is good. This is a good thing for me. So, so whether it's getting a massage, I'll talk to the women right now, whether it's getting a massage or embodying whatever creative expression you like or allowing yourself to receive or taking a nap feel your feelings thank you for listening please make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast channel and if you love this don't forget to leave a rating and review to connect with us and ask questions visit us at goodbadhorrible.com <laughs>